Going Greyhounds for your daily update of the latest news and tips. Hello and good morning. Welcome to Going Greyhounds on this fourth of July two thousand. Sorry, the fifth of July two thousand and twenty-two. Uh, we trust that you enjoyed your week. It was certainly a, a big week in greyhound racing. Of course, up north in Queensland, we had heats of the Queensland Cup. Heats of the Brisbane Cup, so both of those Group 1 finals will be this Thursday night. Here locally in Sydney, we had heats of the Vic Peters and the Peter Mosman Opal last Saturday, so we'll see those Group 1 finals this Saturday night. And down south in Melbourne, we saw heats of the McKenna Memorial, and the final will be this Thursday night. So it's a, a massive time in Greyhound Racing at the moment. Four Group 1s this week, and of course the, the Group 2 McKenna Memorial. We'll go through it all. Our first guest this morning, Josh Board, who prepared Spring Elegance, winning her heat of the Peter Mosman Opal at Weddy Park last Saturday night. Slow to begin down on the inside and Spring Elegance bounced out fast. Leads at the first corner from Fat Boy's Dream. Your hero bail railed right up on the inside. Got to third underneath of French Martini. They're followed then by Garden Party who's a further falling away. Next pandemic Lady Luck Ethics. Last is our Amelia off the back straight and the lead of Fat Boy's Dream. Opened up by two to three next Spring Elegance. They're followed by your hero bail and French Martini. Fat Boy's Dream in front. Spring Elegance drives hard the rail in. Got there. Spring Elegance beat Fat Boy's Dream, third French Martini, fourth in your hero bail. So there was Spring Elegance winning her heat of the Peter Mossman Opal at Wentworth Park last Saturday night. We're joined by her trainer now, Josh Board. Good morning to you, Josh. G'day, how are you going? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Firstly, congratulations on, on her win the other night. It must have been a big thrill to, to qualify her for the Group 1 Peter Mossman this week. Yeah, no, it was a really big thrill. Uh, I, I couldn't really believe it um, when she when she won, but uh, you know, over the moon. And it was a it was quite a strong heat, and obviously the the conditions there on Saturday night were were very wet. She she won in thirty and oh eight. How confident were you going into the into the heat? Because it was quite a strong heat, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was a really strong heat. Um, oh, I knew she needed a fair bit of luck to uh, win against. Dogs of that caliber, and uh, yeah, she she just got the job done on on the weekend, which yeah, which was great. But yeah, no, it's good. And they they tell me she can get a, a little bit spooky. So there there was some concerns with the way the weather was that that it might affect her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can get a little bit spooky, but um, uh, she she seemed to handle it well last night uh, on Saturday night. So um, yeah, hopefully she can. Uh, do the same on uh, this Saturday coming. And she's only had the 12 starts. She's won five, been placed on five other occasions. What level do you think she she might be able to get to in time? How much improvement do you think there is to come with her? Oh, I, I think there is still uh, a fair bit of improvement to, to come with her, but um, I suppose we'll have to wait and see uh, what, what whether she comes forward. Uh, but yeah, no, she's a, she's a pretty good she's a pretty good bitch so hopefully uh she keeps coming forward and she's drawn pretty well on on saturday night i guess it's it's hard to be super confident going into a a group one final but she looks to be drawn okay there on saturday and how do you think her chances uh look uh going into the group one peter mosman on saturday oh it, it's a very hard race uh, there's a lot, lot of good dogs in in the race, but uh, I think my sister did a pretty good job 
picking the one, uh, picking the two box on on Saturday. So um, hopefully that that gives her a bit of luck and yeah, ho- hopefully similar outcome to uh, last Saturday. Now your family has had some success at Group One level. Um, they won the Vic Peters uh, back in two thousand and eleven. With Spring Gun and Spring Elegance going back through the lines is is related to Spring Gun. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Spring Gun. Um, he won the won, won the Vic Peters. I remember being there that night. But uh, yeah, hopefully um, she can follow in his footsteps a little bit. Uh. And if if she was able to, what would that mean to to yourself and and your family as well? Because you train with your dad Scott and your cousin Jay Opatea who. Unfortunately, he's 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 run a Aglan Loy wasn't able to qualify for the Vic Peters on Saturday. But what would it mean to to you guys? I believe you've only got a, a small team out there near Orange. Oh, it it had really been massive. Um, it's massive just being in a in a race like that. Uh, just, just to get into a group group one race, uh, we've only only got uh, five five race dogs here um, that we're training, and re- yeah, Dad Dad does most most of. Uh, most of the training for him, so yeah, it'd be massive for massive for us if she uh, could get up. Yeah, well, for what it's worth, I think she's she's currently over the odds, and I thought she had a a really good each way chance there on Saturday night. So best of luck to you, Josh. Um, I'm sure she's going to run a terrific race. Thanks a lot for that. So there we had Josh Board, who prepares Spring Elegance into the the final of the Peter Mossman Open, a Group One level this Saturday night at Wentworth Park. We'll head for a quick break. On the other side, we'll chat with Steve Fitch, who trains Cumbria Kid, who we will see in the Vic Peters Classic on Saturday. A Marcus Oldham Diploma of Equine Management can lead to meaningful and rewarding careers, both domestically and worldwide. Marcus Oldham's close links with industry and international relationships, which include study tours and work placements, provides graduates with the unique opportunity to secure equine careers across various disciplines, including horse health, marketing and business management. Turn your passion into a profession with a Diploma of Equine Management and visit marcusoldham.vic.edu.au. Thinking about your next build or renovation? Wideline Windows and Doors has all the planning tools at your fingertips. Their website is full of inspirational ideas to make your project a success. Advice and tips to get you started, even a colour selector and window planning tool. Plus, free online quotes are returned in 48 business hours. Just upload your plans or tell them what you need. Easy. There's never been a better time to take a closer look at the Wideline Windows and Doors website, www.wideline.com.au. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. And they're racing now. And Integrity Mate from Box 3, he bounced out fast. He will go through and he'll lead by two links. What about that as they run through the first turn? Third is Red Reactor. In fourth placing is Kip Keeping and then Zipping Novak, who's off the track. Next, Cumbria Kid, who's well back the rails from Super Aussie and Winnington Bale. Integrity made off the back straight, led at three quarters. Red Reactor's got to his outside. Kip Keeping's run up behind them. They turn. Red Reactor hit the lead. Coming through is Cumbria Kid flying, but Red Reactor's won it and beaten Cumbria Kid. Third, what about that, I'd say, from uh, Kip Keeping and Zipping Novak out wide. 
So there we had Cumbria Kid flushing home to run second in uh, the Vic Peters heat behind Red Reactor on Saturday night. We're joined by his trainer now, Steve, who also qualified Cumbria Days, who in a in a similar performance flashed home and dead heated for second uh, behind We Don't Share. So firstly, a big congratulations to you, Steve, on qualifying two runners for the Vic Peters Classic on Saturday night. Thanks, Matt. And how have both of them come through the run there on, on Saturday night? They were both outstanding. Both got back, but both really flashed home late. Yeah, they've both pulled up really good. And, um, yeah, they both uh, both made mistakes um, in the race. And they're both, I think they're both due to um, put it all together in a race. And we're hoping it'll be Saturday night that they do that without making a mistake. So tell us like your feelings as a as a trainer watching them through the run, getting so far back. Is it just like oh no, here we go again, that type thing? And um, and and then it's is it an excitement thing at the end, or is it a, a relief thing that you are able to qualify for for a Group One final? Oh, it's always excitement in any race. If you don't get excited, you're in the wrong game, I think. But um. Uh, Days actually jumped absolutely beautiful. He ran his best first section he's ever run. I think he broke 550. And then he just got crowded the first bend, and I had a bit of a shoulder issue with him during the week. I contemplated scratching him there at one point. Um, but we decided to put him around. I think that's why he just wanted to get off a little bit at the first bend and, and got himself into trouble. Um, and then, yeah, I thought he was gone for sure. And then down the back, once he got clear on the top bend, he just took off and looked like a real good dog and, and came home and somehow managed to stick his nose out and dead heat for second and and put his way into the final. So it was great. So talking about how he wanted to get off a little bit at the first turn, he's drawn box seven in the final. Because of that reason, he wanting to get off box seven might actually suit him on Saturday? I think it's a perfect draw for him. To be honest, uh, he's won twice from the seven at Wentworth Park. Um, he... It's only at Wentworth Park, other tracks still rail, but when he's a funny track, that run to the first bend, and he, I prefer him out wide. Uh, he won really well there a couple of weeks ago off the seven. Uh, I think the key to the race is he's got to beat the eight out and, and sort of get clear air on his outside going into that first bend. If he does, I think he can put himself in the race. Yeah, well, it might not be a bad play if he does stay out wide because there is a lot of speed that's drawn down towards the rails and if they can if they somehow get themselves sort of tangled up and he's out wide with an unimpeded run he might just sweep a, sweep around them but as you said that the key to his chances I suppose is is beating out we don't share who's who's drawn on his outside now they're they're terrifically well bred aren't they their their mum Hilltop Bell was the daughter of collision and and top class day lock and Barlow do you think these guys will get out a little bit in trip over time? Uh, the, yeah, I think they both can run 600. I don't know, I doubt seven, but um, I think they can get away with a 600 adapter, yeah. And they are beautifully bred. Uh, Lockenbar Vogue obviously was a group class stayer um, and a little mate to uh, Lockenbar Marlow, who's a very good stud dog. So, yeah, Hilltop Bell's a beautifully bred dog and she was always destined to be a real good top bitch. I think she's pups have now won 100 and, almost 140 races, so. Yeah, well, speaking of, of some of the pups that she's had, she's had Cumbria Lad, who won 26 races, Cumbria Dreaming, 21, Cumbria Jim, 16, Cumbria Bell, 11. Where would these two, Cumbria Kid and Cumbria Days, compare to, to some of those names? Um, They're getting there. They're not as 
the way I describe them, they're not as fast as they're not record breaking dogs. They're not going to break track records. They're just genuine race dogs. They're putting themselves into every race they're in, uh, and you know they just find a way to put themselves in the finish. So um, they don't have the like Cumbria Dreaming has can run near record second sectionals, and still he's he's over four now and he can still run those those times in when he winds up, but. Um, uh, Days is a very similar dog to him. He's not brilliant early, but his second section, he really um, lets go when he gets down the back and, and gets clear air. Yeah, well, I guess if they're, they're those dogs that put themselves there time in, time out, they're, they're the ones you'd love to have a kennel full of, wouldn't they? And and just give you that opportunity to, to be able to qualify for these, these big finals. So, firstly, a big congratulations on qualifying too, uh, and the best of luck to you on Saturday night, Steve. No worries. Thanks, Matt. I'll see you. There we have Steve Fitch, who's done a pretty remarkable job qualifying two runners for the Group 1 Vic Peters Classic at Wentworth Park this Saturday night. Joining us now is the CEO of the GBOTA, Alan Hilsinger. Good morning to you, Alan. Hey, Matty. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you? And and this is your first big uh, feature night at Wentworth Park since since taking over as the, the boss of the GBOTA. How are things looking? Yeah, mate. Really exciting. I mean, away from the weather something we can't control unfortunately um everything's full steam ahead and i mean the track's in amazing condition considering the weather that we've had and the boys have done a phenomenal job um having it ready to go last saturday and um i'm sure provided that we don't get anything too drastically um changing as far as the the weather we should be uh, full steam ahead for that day yeah just tell us about what obviously we've had so much rain in sydney over the the past couple of days, I must admit, I had my doubts on Saturday with all the rain that, that we had that uh, the meeting would go ahead, but it, it played remarkably well considering all the rain that we had and some of the times that some of those winners were able to churn out. It's a, it's a real credit to your track staff, isn't it? Mate, it, it truly is. It really, really is. And, um, yeah, the boys highlighted that leading in as well. They anticipated that the rain was coming and made sure that the, the track was, was prepared in that way and, They've had a couple of little challenges around things like the catching pen and, and they sorted them out and I think it was more about the fact that they were willing to put in the time and the energy and, and the extra hours to, to get the track ready in preparation, not just when it rained and being reactive. They are actually proactive and anticipated it. So, yeah, massive, massive kudos, mate. It's nice to be able to walk in and um, and have that kind of staff already doing the job. So, no, massive shout-out to those boys and I'm sure they're going to be doing everything possible to make sure the track's in perfect condition as well on Saturday, considering everything that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And and for for those that have tuned in this morning who are thinking about coming on Saturday night, what can what can we expect? We know what we can expect on the track. What can we expect for those uh, there that for like off track stuff? Mate, oh, I've been, for me, it's going to be my first experience as well. So. Um, hopefully we have a fantastic um, crowd come out of here. I mean, wet weather, there's not much else to do, is there? With, um, you don't want to be sitting out in the rain in the sport and stuff like that. So obviously we'll have um, the bar will be open, the, the canteen facilities will all be open and we'll have some phenomenal racing. And, um, yeah, we'll see see where we go from there. Yeah, excellent. And and as part of, as part of uh, your job as the, the new boss of the GBOTA, um, we, we saw last week that uh, you've announced that 
there's going to be funding to to build uh, rebuild Lismore. Obviously, they they went through the floods earlier this year, and uh, just with the the way their track is, it's right on the the river at Lismore, and unfortunately, copped uh, the worst of the floods up there. But you're going to in, invest some dollars uh, into rebuilding Lismore, and just talk a little bit about that decision and, and how you guys come about that. Yeah, great question, Maddie. And um, it's, I know it's caused a little bit of um, contention out there with different people and different thoughts and, and all the rest of it. And again, you know, just the conversation was really, really in-depth. And I think that's one of the things that people don't see is um, what actually went into the conversation and the decision around that to um, to invest back into Lismore. And things from, from a financial point of view, I mean, there's been dollars thrown around in the media and, and stuff like that that have, ex- have been exceeding what the actual costs are. We've got the actual cost of, of what it's going to cost us to um, to have that track up and running and, and be in, obviously, a um, condition that is safe for racing, safe for people, all that kind of stuff. We need to meet those minimum standards. We won't see the track in the sense of, you know, the upstairs area and, and some of those facilities um, are not a priority for ours and, and they'll be things that we'll kind of put to the side. It's, for us, the investment is really back into getting the racing for the guys around that local region. And a few of the factors that a lot of people I don't think have really looked at as far as what we're doing is um, it's not just about the short term and putting money back into a track. This is about GBOTA and, and us working with other parties that are up there for a long-term solution. And you know, if you close off Lismore and we exit out of Lismore, then you know, even us being involved in helping that region actually get a brand new track, a brand new facility becomes significantly more difficult. I used the analogy with someone the other day. I said, you look at some of these sporting teams, when they exit, it's a lot harder to get back in. You know, you can name how many NRL clubs, NBL clubs, different sporting clubs have exited out of the NRL or exited out of the NBL or these things. They don't come back in. So being and having a track and being in and having that presence, it's a lot easier for us to then work with the parties that are in there to get something brand new versus just walking away and closing up the facility. So from a financial point of view, that was a factor that came into it, what the future of racing up in the Northern Rivers is. And also, I think as a responsibility, you know, GBOTA is a membership organisation and we've got 10, a lot of people don't realise we've got 10.9% of trainers come from Casino and Lismore. That's excluding Grafton. Casino and Lismore alone have 10.9% of the trainers, and here they are right now. They've experienced floods. They've been smashed across in, in all sorts of areas around their own financial, their own businesses, their own things like that, that we have a responsibility to look after them as well. No two-turn track. They're travelling an hour and a half, two hours to Grafton just to have to trial and do these kind of things. So, yeah, it was a, it was a big decision, and there was a lot of stuff that was discussed in it. And, um, yeah, I think people look at it and just go, oh, we're just throwing money into it. It's a lot more into that strategically and um, and what our responsibility is to those people as well. Yeah, well, I think you're emphatically there. And just one, one little thing on that, just with the where where the Lismore track is, just right there on on the river, is is there any concerns that you do reinvest into the track, rebuild it, and then say 12 months' time, it floods again? If, yeah. if that was to occur, then I suppose the question is how long... I guess th- this is a hypothetical, but yeah, yeah, how, how how many times can you continue to to reinvest? Um, yeah. Just for it's not so much it's not the track itself; it's just the location being Correct. so close to the river. And I 100% agree. And that was a, a big thing that came up as well: is are we willing to put 
you know, the time, the energy, because it's not just the dollars, it's time and energy as well, into that region. Our, and again, we went through a whole bunch of different scenarios from a financial point of view, from a, a, you know, all that kind of, scenario, like, the different scenarios. Our most likely scenario would see us break around even if we have racing there for about a year. That would be, that's the most likely scenario, given that, again, it's a catch-22 because there's funding opportunities. We've had some phenomenal discussions with um, government funding, New South Wales government funding, uh, federal government funding, and these there's some stuff out there that we can access. But again, until we commit into the project, there's no guarantees on it because it's not funding that they say, hey, we'll give you the money if you build it. But if you commit back into our region, we're willing to then look at giving you guys funding and there's some great opportunities there. So our most likely scenario is if we get a year's worth of racing through in Lismore without it being flooded back out, we break pretty much even. Could be, again, it could be better than that. It could be slightly worse than that. As you said, it's on, we uh, met with the mayor in um, Lismore as well, Steve Craig, and they're doing a number of things that'll see, you know, they're long-term solutions, but they actually do have some um, flood mitigation stuff that they're starting to action at the moment, which, again, it's not going to stop the flooding in that region because, as you said, it's right there on the water. So it's a little hard, but it certainly will alleviate a little bit of that. So kind of, I suppose, smallly re- reduce what the levels would be required to be there. So, yeah, it's a tough one in that sense that, yes, could it could we invest the money in a flood tomorrow? Yes. Could we invest the money in and we get three, four, five years and we get to move to a new track without flooding? Yes, that's a possibility as well. So one of those ones where it's a, a risk-reward is, is really where we looked at it. And at the end of the day, it was, you know, I think you can't blame the people. They're, they're in there in that flood zone. They've experienced all of this. So we also have a responsibility to make sure we're looking after them and, and providing funding and, you know, not talking out of school, but you think about some of the money that's invested. Let's, let's be really open and, and transparent. You think about some of the other money that is spent within this industry versus what we have to spend to get a track back up and running for 10.9% of the trainers in that region. And to me, it's a small investment to actually allow those guys to continue to live there, you know, what they require to, um, to get through in their, in their livelihood. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully this is all just a just a a, a moot point with with no flooding oh, uh, up there, and especially after the, the 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 past six months. And not only just speaking for those up there in the northern rivers, but even down here in in the Hawkesbury and and sort of southwest and and things like that. It's been a a horrible past sort of four to five months and even the couple of years before that so it'll be nice if mother nature turned itself around and and gave us a nice little run for for a little while wouldn't it absolutely mate absolutely and actually on the on the rain for anyone that is listening in um just wondering if winning park trials are on tracks as it said tracks in great condition and um barring any kind of massive change in the weather uh, we're full steam ahead on trials here at winning park tonight as well so if people aren't able to trial elsewhere and they um need to get in there get online and booking their trials so we're, we're good to go for tonight beautiful that's pretty incredible after all the rain that we've had in sydney the past couple of days well thanks for the chat this morning alan i'm, I'm sure you answered a, a lot of people's questions uh, regarding lismore and and the best of luck to you this saturday night it's going to be a beauty your first in charge as the boss of the gbota your first big group one night the vic peters and peter mosman i'll catch up with you out there uh, and we'll talk again soon eh?
Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. See you, mate. There we have Alan Hilsinger, uh, the boss of the GBOTA. Now we're joined by the tabs, Jared Daffy. Good morning to you, Daff. Morning, Matt. I'm not sure if you heard much of that chat with, with Alan, but I think he, he answered that Lismore uh, question with the funding uh, quite quite emphatically. Yeah, he did. I think a lot were surprised, um, particularly up around our way in Queensland, that uh, they were actually going to repair it or rebuild it. But that all makes sense now. And the fact that, um, well, I've only got to get 12 months racing to break square. So fingers crossed the rain stays away from Lismore. <laughs> Yeah, it'd, it'd, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? And and yeah. even and even now with the Hawkesbury and sort of down southwest here in Sydney, it would be nice if we could we could get a, a six month period with no rain. I'm sure they they wouldn't begrudge not seeing any rain for a little while. It's it's a pretty important track as is Casino and to a lesser degree Grafton for southeast Queensland. Obviously, uh, a lot of trainers do like or do prefer to send their dogs around, not at the same track all of the time, whether it be Ipswich. Or uh, or Albion Park, we've got that horseshoe track at um, at Grafton, and obviously with the demise of uh, Tweed Heads many years ago, I think a lot have been waiting for for there to be a, a, either a one turn or perhaps another circle track. So yeah, it's a pretty important uh, aspect of greyhound racing because there are so many greyhounds up on the northern rivers, and obviously in Queensland to uh, travel south to both Casino and, and Lismore. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a big week in, in up your way this week with the, the, the running of the Queensland Cup and Brisbane Cups this year. We'll, we'll kick it off with the, the Queensland Cup. It's, it's a terrific race, and, and Bedrock Fred, he's, he's just right in the zone at the moment, isn't he? He is. Uh, he flew out last week, and uh, well, he's run the time the last three weeks that, uh, that he's won at Albion Park, and he's come up with the plum draw, or you'd think it's the plum draw, box one, I suppose the only little niggling doubt here is that Super Estrella, she's drawn to his outside. She began quickly last week. I think there was only uh, three or four one-hundredths of a second in their split to the first turn. And then you've got the likes of uh, perhaps Kalinda Paddy, even Draco Bale coming down from the outside. So it might not be as easy as what it looks on paper. Now, he's clearly the favourite. Uh, he opened at $2.80 with Tab and he's unmoved there. Super Estrella box two. She's been 440 out to 480. Days of Thunder box three at 13. OO Range in the blue, $8.50. Gypsy Wyong, she's at 18. Kalinda Patty at 550. Zipping Kansas is well and truly in the market at $5. And Draco Bale, the outsider, at $26. So he will go to the box's favourite, but uh, there's enough interest in a few others there to suggest that he might well be a little risk there uh, with a couple of good beginners outside him. Yeah, absolutely. I think that probably the best case scenario for him is he missed it slightly. Super Estrella was able to lead, and then he st- he got onto her back and Drive through, he just yeah. followed her through. That might be the. Well, that's one thing about the- Bedrock Fred. He's you know he led last week, but he doesn't have to lead. He can sit behind. He's a very versatile dog. Yeah, absolutely. And and then onto the Brisbane Cup. What a race! Ah, this looks on paper. There's no real clear standout, is there? I really don't know whether you could rule any dog out of, of the eight in the field. I'll go down the draw and the, and the moves here, Matt. Photo Man Box 1, uh, the Victorian, 6 into 4.20. Black Magic Rose at 14. Big Opal Rocks at $6.50. Extra Malt, the, the local uh, star, she's $19. In from 23. Impact is $9. Equalizer last year's winner at six fifty. Then we've got the Tony Brett duo of Just a Sort at $4.60 and Orchestrate the current favourite at $3.80. But you know, 
Extra Malt, she's the outsider of the field, but she loves that track. Uh, she was a little bit fortunate to win last week, but just looking down this this field, Matt, there's a bit of pace here. Photo Man, Black Magic Rose, uh, and then you, you've got the Brett duo from the outside, in particular Orchestrate, which will all be vying for the lead. If they arrive at the at the judge the first time all in a line, anything can happen, and of course then it brings into play dogs like Big Opal Rocks, Equalizer, or what a win last week, and even the likes of uh, Extra Malt and Impact. It's a it's a really really tough race this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just having a look at the the field now, and yeah, as you just mentioned, you can make a case for for every single runner, and it, it could be a race that. Like an equaliser, if he does bomb the start, which he tends to do, ducks Better back to off. the rail, and then there's there's interference at the first turn. He might just shoot through, and and if he's if he's close enough off the back, as long as he's not ch- chasing a big opal rocks or something like that, if he's close enough, he might just be uh, the one again. And uh, there wouldn't have been too many dogs I wouldn't have thought that have won back to back Brisbane Cups. No, in fact, I don't think it's ever happened. And, of course, he won back-to-back lead-ups as well, the Super Sprinters the previous week before the heats. But, you know, even at getting back on the track, is he had, oh, what, six or seven months at least on the sidelines? It looked like his career was over. But to get back and get back into that Group 1 final on Thursday night's been some sort of a performance. And then the favourite orchestrate, well, there's a few thinking that he might not get across. But he's had six starts from the pink, and I think he's won five of those. And in all of them, he... Once he hits the ground, he just explodes, Matt. And he seems to explode a whole lot better when he's got dogs on his inside. So you can't rule him out. Photo man, well, he's got, he's got the, the gun draw there off the red box. But as I said, it wouldn't surprise if any of those eight won that final on Thursday night. Yeah, it's going to, going to be an absolute ripper. Well, heading south now to, to Sydney on Saturday night, we've got two big Group 1 finals, the Peter Mosman Opal and uh, the Vic Peters in... Uh, the 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 one that looks most simple is is the Peter Mosman with Yuko Girl one eighty and French Martini two dollars and eighty cents. But when you sort of dig deep through the form, the market probably doesn't really tell the story in in that it's probably more than a two dog race in my opinion. I agree with that, uh, but it looks like punters don't because that's the way they opened uh, when we put these markets up. I think it was uh, Sunday, so th- nothing's moved. Yuko Girl, dollar eighty. French Martini, two dollars eighty. We haven't really done a lot of business. There's been some interest in a couple of ruffies. Uh, start packing at ten dollars. Spring Elegance, at thirty-four dollars. But again, you know the start's going to be crucial. Yuko Girl has got a fair bit on them time-wise from the heats, uh, but she's got to get the start start right. We know French Martini what she can do. Uh, when she begins, but you know it, it's a little bit difficult from out there. So I can completely understand why there's a bit of support for a few others there. Sprinkling of interest in Spring Elegance at the ch- in the check there. Uh, it, it won a heat at a similar price last week, and you know it, it its form up until three or four runs ago was exemplary on those country tracks. So even a bit of interest there. Fascinate Mel led all the way the other night. The time was a bit steady, but if you're in front in these races, you're halfway home. So. You go, girl. I think the bookies will take her on at a dollar eighty. Yeah, I agree. I think Fascinate Mel holds the the key to the race for the the for sheer sure. fact she's got that early speed, and if she keeps those out wide off the track at the first turn, it brings in to the race the likes of Spring Elegance, who was able to come from off speed and win her heat, and also Lightning Ethics drawn down there on the inside. But mm. it was interesting watching the box draw. Uh, they're live on, on Saturday night and Peter Lagosiani, who of course trains French Martini, he was he, he was the second last uh, 
uh, person to draw out a box, and he had the yeah. choice of either one or seven, and he, he came he up with seven for, for for a greyhound that wants the inside. If she drew box one, I think we'd be talking about her as a dollar dollar fifty dollar sixty favourite here. But she Alash just can't got, draw a box, can she? No, she can't. Particularly in these in these big, the big finals, ones, yeah. she just she just seems to draw out wide. But uh, like you said, if if she nails the start, she might just blast across them, and if she leads, they won't run her down. As simple as that. Yeah. And then the the Vic Peters, this I, uh, this to me looks one of the more. It's probably not the strongest Vic Peters we've seen, but boy, it's a wide open race, and and there's there's so much that can happen, particularly early on in the race. I don't think you get too many argue with uh, your sentiments there. Now down the page, uh, the Red Runner Gatlin ten into eight. Kenya Wilder is the favourite at three dollars. Flight Risk, one of the Victorians, at six dollars. What about that at four fifty? Red Reactor, Ludamate, Kennel Mate, another Victorian to Flight Risk is at four dollars fifty. Cumbria Kid thirty five. Cumbria Days at sixteen, and we don't share for the Jody Lord Kennel. Probably drawn the wrong side of the track there at $6.50. The sentiments are that Kenya Wild is probably under the odds, and for that reason we've seen a sprinkling of interest in, in a few of the others. Gatlin, as I said, 10 into 8. Uh, Red Reactor's got support there at $4.50. Even we don't share, although um, I think he's probably drawn, uh, as I said, not the right side of the track, but we know he's got some, some ability. He's at $6.50. So you might be able to get better if you fancy Kenya Wilder because they are backing a few around him. Yeah, well, I was pretty keen on his chances. I, for the sheer fact, I think he'll he'll end up leading flight risk who's drawn on his outside, particularly in, in his heat. He wanted to quickly get away from, from the rail here, box one. And I think if he does he, the same he, thing... That was his just, first start there, wasn't it? Yeah, I watched a couple of his, his starts in Victoria at Shepparton and, and those one-turn tracks and... Again, the same thing. He wanted to sort yeah. of steer out towards the middle. So I think if Kenya Wilder, he's just got that explosive speed. And, and the other night, he, he he went through, but he had a bump with Springview Angus at the first turn and it allowed a couple to get around him and, and sort of get in front of him. And then he was just in that awkward spot where he was in a bit of restricted room. And I thought he still did a it did a nice job. But I just think if he can get to the front and he's, he's clear running, uh, he's going to take a lot of beating. But... Hopefully, as you said, we might get a little bit better than $3 there on Saturday. I think Red Reactor's the best dog in the field, but he's a bit ordinary early and he's going to need a lot of luck. We saw him win last week. That, that was a pretty rough race that he got home in there and he's got the bad draw. So I guess you do come back to the ones near the top and perhaps uh, bearing in mind what you just said about flight risk, Kenya Wilder is the deserved favourite anyway, but you can understand a little bit of support there for Gatlin off the red. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he was the just again the the sheer the sheer fact that those two down on the inside might get the clear running to the first turn, and I thought he was going to be one of the dangers for sure. But it's a, a terrific race, and uh, it might all change at Box Rise if Flight Risk was able to, was able to clear. What about that and Red Reactor on his outside, and they duck underneath of him, or or he even misses the start and they get in front of him early. So yeah, it's a it's going to be a beauty. I would have thought the the Vic Peters on Saturday. It all sounds simple now, doesn't it, when you put it like that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know whether it'll turn out that way. And it never does, Daff. It never does. And now we head south to, to Sandown Thursday night. We've got the, the McKenna Memorial. And uh, I know our friend Jason Lincoln made the uh, the point yesterday. It's the, the box draw for the final. It's it's a, a situation that I wouldn't have thought would have happened too many times. The, the three qualifiers from Heat 1, 
draw boxes one, two, three, the the three from heat two draw boxes four, five, and six, and then the two that qualified from heat three draw boxes and six, uh, seven, and eight. It's it's quite an anom- anomaly, isn't it? It's it's rather bizarre. I guess it is worth pointing out that one, two, three, and heat one they didn't actually draw one, two, three, but the three place getters drew the the first three boxes, and then the the next heat the three place getters drew four to six, and then. The final two um, drew seven and eight. I don't know what the price of uh, something like that eventuating. I tried to put it into the calculator and the thing nearly blew up. But uh, it is what it is. It, it's a fascinating final. It's a group two over the 595. There's whips of pace in here. Rickett and Rick. Stout Manelli landed a big plunge last week when he led all the way at his first run in Victoria for David Gill. now. He's a, an ex-WA, ex-South Australian performer. He trolled pretty quickly at Geelong before he won that race last week. Uh, Spanish Mist, uh, Rufus Scrimmager won one of the heats, but he was a $25 uh, pop. Mapunga Warrior ran the fastest heat, but bad draw there. Uh, out in box seven and Hilltop Jack, which just struggles to run the 595. It'll be cutting across, so... What we've been left with is a pretty open market here, Matt. Rickett and Rick off the red, $3.60. Co-favourites, Aston Ulysses, who many of your listeners would know. He won that feature at Dapto last year or earlier this year. He's at three thirty. dollars Stout Manelli, three thirty. dollars Spanish Miss, 34 Rufus Scrimger at 26 Zinman Bale at 26 Mapunga Warrior, the fast seat winner at six fifty. dollars Hilltop Jack at $7. I don't know what I'll do here. If, if I have a bet, I'll probably back Mapunga Warrior because um, it's tried and true. Over this trip and beyond, probably just drops to the fence, and it's going to need a little bit of luck. But you are getting compensated uh, for that by the bigger price, given that he ran the faster seat. But that's a really good final on Thursday night at Sandown. Yeah, for sure it is, and I know we've spoken about it a couple of times on the catching pen, and um, the 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 record of those that draw out wide, particularly as you get up in class it's on horrendous. those on these air yeah, five ninety five six hundred meter starts. It's it's a very poor strike rate for those drawn out wide. So, like you said, the the seven and eight are going to need a lot of luck, and it might just play right into the hands of Rickard and Rick Aston, Ulysses and Stoutman Alley drawn down there near the inside. Yeah, he's a quick beginner, Hilltop Jack. He's run quick splits at at Sandown over that uh, over the five ninety five. But with with others in the race that can run probably. Um, a half length or similar times early like Spanish Miss, Stoutman Alex even Rickett and Rick it's going to make it awfully hard if you're posted three or four wide on that first turn and basically you're out of business so that's why he's the price he is if he drew near the fence you know, he'd be a three or four dollar pop yeah absolutely he's probably he's probably not a strong 600 metre dog as it is so if no. he's working out wide it's, it's going to make things very very tough for him and um but I guess if if on the on the other hand, if he was able to nail the start and zipped across them and and caused a bit of chaos as he came across, it, it might then allow him to to skip away and and he might then just be too fast for them. Yeah, well, I suppose that's the big if, isn't it? But once again, that's why you're getting the you know the the seven dollars as opposed to uh, the the much much shorter price he'd be if he was on the fence. But uh, all makes for good talking, makes for good betting. It's terrific. Absolutely, it's it's going to be a big week in in greyhound racing uh, in all three eastern coast states. Of course, went uh, Albion Park and Sandown Park on on Thursday night, and then of course Wentworth Park on Saturday. So it's going to be a ripper. And uh, if you're at Albion Park on Thursday night, I'll catch up with you then, and I'll talk to you on the catching pen later today. I'll be there, but uh, I'm not an A-lister like yourself. I'll be working for Sky Racing Active. I think you're you, you'll be up with the hobnobs. Is that correct? Oh, I've got to I've got to have a chat with Luke Gatehouse 
this afternoon. So I'll confirm that later on. Okay. Well, I'll catch you on the catching pen tonight. Sounds good. Thanks, Daff. Thanks, Matt. There we had Jared Daffy from the tab going through all the, the, the markets for the big features this week in Greyhound Racing. Well, that wraps up going Greyhounds for this morning. Hope you're able to find a winner or two in the upcoming week. We'll chat with you next Tuesday. The podcast will be up soon. Take care and the best of luck. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. At TAFE New South Wales, their goal is to change lives. Enrolments are now open for semester two. Search TAFE New South Wales today, RTO 9003. Camden flooding, Cow Pasture Bridge, Argyle Street, they're closed. Also Berkshire Park, Richmond Road between St Mary's Road and Northdown Drive. And Blakehurst, a large pothole, Princess Highway, lane one hour of action, Citybound, just past Torrens Street. Home base Campbelltown, end of financial year home, decor catalogue is out now. With great home decor ideas from Carpet Court, 40 Winks, Rug Galaxy and more on Blackson Road, Campbelltown.